You're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. What role do friendships play in your life? As a very busy, practicing physician, how can you possibly take the time to nurture your friendships? Are friendships important? Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunt, your host, and with me today is internist and chief of occupational health at California Pacific Medical Center in San Francisco, Dr. Linda Hawes Clever. She has a national reputation for activism and for professional and community service. Dr. Clever is the founding president of Renew, a nonprofit aimed at helping people maintain and regain enthusiasm, effectiveness, and purpose as they resolve the competing imperatives of work and of life. Welcome, Linda. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. I can't wait to hear what you have to say about friendships. Well, the discussion came very recently, actually, at one of the physician panels that we had, a physician conversation group, where a new physician, an orthopedic surgeon, came and said, I'm happy with everything in my life, with my patients, with my practice, with my partner, with my hobbies, with my computer. Imagine being happy that the computer system is working, but that person, it was, so that's, that's terrific. And then said, but I have no friends, and that is sad. The people in the group, everybody just leaned forward, and we all started to think about friendships and as some of the most important relationships that people can have. And actually, as I've thought about my own life and trying to have some kind of bumper stickers that kind of get you through the, the day, I've thought of life is brought to you by the letter F, and it is not what you think it is. It's family and friends and faith and fear sometimes, and fudge, actually, that's how chocolate gets on the list, and flexibility and forgiveness and any number of things. But I've been thinking how important friends are. And so we started talking about friendships, and they're really quite complicated. One thing is, is that, you know, what is a friend? A friend is somebody you can be open with, somebody it's safe to be with, you can share Sometimes a friend is a, a co-conspirator, you know, let's go out and play golf or let's go, let's go to the beach or let's just play hooky today or whatever it might be. And there is the idea that you really kind of invested in each other, that you care about each other, probably enough to sacrifice for each other. You spend time together. You're loyal. You may have common cause. I was once talking actually with a group about friendship and, and a woman came up to me at the, at the end and with a very thick Eastern European accent, and she said, let me tell you my definition of friend. A friend is someone who will take you in in the middle of the night when you're running away. And I thought about that, and using that as a standard, and actually as a family, we, we talked about that, that there were some of our neighbors we thought were probably friends, but some of our neighbors probably weren't friends, if you use those criteria. And it's the same thing, is, is that Friends and colleagues are not necessarily the, the same thing because in, with colleagues, well, you may be on the same promotion track or you may, be, you may get to be in competition or somebody may have different politics or a different insurance company or any, any number of things. So that colleagues really, except under exceptional circumstances, are not the same as friends. I think as we go through our days, we... We certainly share a lot of things with colleagues. We may share call and we may share laugh and we may share experiences and we teach each other a lot. But in terms of openness and being willing to be vulnerable and sharing deep 
important things. It, it's probably not colleagues. I guess one of the things that it comes down to for me is at the end of the day, it's going to be our family and it's going to be our friends who change our diapers. And it's not going to be our patients and it's not going to be our colleagues. So certainly we shouldn't be friends with our patients. Should we be friends with our colleagues? I mean, is that even a desirable thing to be? I think it could happen, but I think it's pretty rare. Again, in this this kind of definition to have the wish to be present and to be with each other and to pay attention to all the nuances and to have the, the caring and the common interests and the reciprocity and all those things that go into friendship. With colleagues, it could happen, but I've seen it happen actually where a friendship blossomed after one or the other or both colleagues retired when there was more time and less tension. It takes somewhere around three years of very intense togetherness one way or the other to form a friendship. And I think that's why so many of our our friends come from our college years, maybe medical school, maybe house staff training, although people start to get pretty busy and then, you know, families start growing and so forth. But it really, friendships represent a very major investment of a different kind um, qualitatively and quantitatively from professional colleagueships. If you've just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Dr. Leslie Lunch, your host, and with me today is Dr. Linda Haas-Clever. We are discussing friendships. Now, Linda, this this probably sounds like a ridiculously obvious question and, and maybe one more appropriate for Sesame Street than Clinician's Roundtable, but, but how do you get friends? I think that's exactly the question. First, if we figure out that friendships really are necessary to us and that we don't have so many friends per lifetime. The more education people have, the fewer friends they have, as we've been kind of defining, defining this robust, warm, sharing kind of, of relationships. And so it may really be two or three or four or five or six friends with the capital F, friends. So then how do you get them and how do you keep them really are important questions. I think that there are some just kind of techniques. One is to figure out how to spend time together. can be time on email, but you know with email, about the only way you can show expression is in bold or italics, and that doesn't isn't the same as a raised eyebrow. But how can we spend time together? One of the things that, that we've done is, with some friends, we get season tickets. And we're careful with our funds, and by gollies, we are going to use those tickets once we get season tickets. And we've chosen people we want to go to the symphony or to the, if you know, it could be baseball game, it could be soccer, whatever. But but just to manufacture ways that you will be together, and that you're going to show up on you know every third Friday night. Another thing, actually, that we've done is there. There's a group of people who. We started with a joint interest. Actually, it happened to be from our church. And we meet once a month. And over the last 20 years, sometimes we go to the movies and sometimes we have corn on the cob and salad dinners. And and sometimes we talk about things that are of great interest to us. Could be from domestic violence in the news to politics or the environment or whatever. But I guess one thing I would say is to figure out almost to manufacture ways to be together. It could be sharing a hobby. It could be getting together to make scrapbooks. It could be traveling together. But that's one short and complicated at the same time answer. I think it takes, if it's like fishing, it probably takes a lot of fly casting to find 
a friend who will really leap at your particular bait. And so that's what acquaintances are for, and that's a whole lot of fun. It's just a different kind of, of relationship. Now, what about when two members of a couple have different ideas about this? Uh, doesn't that sometimes cause more problems than it might be worth? Two members of a couple may have different sets of friends, and the different sets of friends, you know, one may like bowling and the other may like Voltaire. Is that the kind of thing? Yeah, exactly, that you're, you're taking away time from your partner to be with these other friends that your partner has no interest in or vice versa. Exactly. I would say a couple things. One is everybody may like pizza. There may be some way to pull people together, you know, every so often, you know, in, in a big group, pizza being the common denominator. The other thing is, is that we're talking maybe once every month or once every two months, that the Voltaire group would get together and the bowlers would get together separately. And I just think that that's kind of fun. I think that, that partnerships and, and marriages and so forth are healthy when they allow people a little bit of flexibility, you know, maybe a lot of flexibility with, with your interests, but that the basic core, the hub, of course, is each other. I think it's delightful to have different interests, but it's not every other day or it's not every other hour. And what about the difference between family and friends? You know, aside from the couple sort of issue, more extended family sorts of issues. I think that families, and we've all seen within perhaps our own family and, and others, or again, patients' families, families are pretty complicated. There is the one part, you know, blood is thicker than water, and you would like to think that your brothers and your sisters or your cousins are going to be there for you whether it's being sick or whether it's because there's a a temporary crisis of some sort, whether it's money or car or uh, housing or whatever it might be. On the other hand, as families get bigger and people marry or take on partners and spouses and get children, the interests are inevitably going to diversify. And it sometimes comes down to one or two people who really work hard at getting that family the extended family kind of back together. Somebody will take the initiative to get people together at Thanksgiving or, again, every other year at the beach or something like that. Because it is true that values may shift as people grow apart from each other or move to different geographies and so forth. I would say that, all things being equal, I think many of us would like the families to be together, at least periodically. And if that's going to happen, it will only happen because people want it, and that one or two or three people, however many there are who are willing to kind of wrestle the schedules into shape, will do it. It takes desire and intention, because all of the forces are toward growing apart. And that's the same thing with friendships. And these, life in the busy lane can be very distracting. However, back to the point of Who's going to be with us at the end? Is it or is it not worth investing in those relationships so that we have good memories together? We have lots of fun together. We've, we've solved important things together. We've come together when our parents are sick insofar as we can. It takes work to make the ties that bind in a healthy way. And uh, you've made an excellent point that the work will reap rewards in the future. I believe that's true. And I know that some people have had very different experiences and and I appreciate and understand that and would still like to think that for many people, the work put into 
keeping together is worth it. Now, did you have any follow-up from the orthopedic surgeon? Did he, did he find some friends? Well, actually, what was so interesting is we have talked about friendship. We, this, this conversation group of physicians has been meeting for nine years now, every other month for nine years. And the friendship conversation has taken us three different times to talk about because we just the, quest, the same question that you've asked is, well, are they important? How do you define it? How do you do it? And as people share their ideas, and that's one of the wonderful things about being in a group, is somebody's gotten something figured out and they say, hey, have you tried this? Well, I want to thank you so much today, Linda. We've been discussing the value of friendships with Dr. Linda Haas Clever of San Francisco. I am Dr. Leslie Lunt. You've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, please send your emails to xm at reachmd.com. Thank you for listening.